Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? We have been talking about all these different communication tactics to use to disarm kids. What does that mean? To use to reduce stress, to to use to keep their internal system more neutralized or get it back to neutral so that we can then guide, direct, or get what we need or want from them. Because when you are stuck in your emotional brain, you can't act logically or rationally. You have to get back into your thinking brain. But a lot of the things that we use, the way we communicate really triggers kids and puts them into their emotional brains because they lose so much power and control when we're constantly telling them what to do. So we've talked about a couple strategies to use to address that. Today, we're going to continue down that pathway. And this should be a pretty short episode because this one is quite straightforward. This is the one word strategy. So let's talk a little bit about the background before we get into how to use this. We tend to use too many words in our society. We tend to lecture. We tend to overtalk. We tend to go off into tangents, especially with kids. Like we think if we talk more about the thing and about the behavior and about the happening, that somehow it's going to be more effective. But there's so much academic research that students learn better from short engagements over long lectures. So it's the same with parenting nagging, lecturing, scolding. They don't inspire cooperation. That's ultimately what we want kids to cooperate. We want them to listen. So, I mean, think about it. (laughs) If someone's nagging you or lecturing you or just going on and on and on, don't you like say to yourself like, oh my gosh, please just stop talking. (laughs) How does that feel? doesn't feel good. So kids are the same way. The more frequent that we lecture and go off onto tangents, the more we'll lose them, the more defensive they'll be, the more resentful they'll be, and they'll just stop listening. (laughs) So what do we do instead? How do we respond to this? Well, I suggest trimming down your language to even one word if possible. So when you're about to make a demand, instead of giving a whole phrase or a whole bunch of of phrases, just use one word (laughs) because language is stimulating. And the more language you use, the more we stimulate them. The more language we use, the more they have to process the words. They have to process the words, then take action on what they've just processed. And that takes a lot of time and energy. But if you can trim it down and use one or two or three words, they can process that a lot faster and they can listen a lot better and a lot faster. So let me give you some examples. Um, because 
I've had a couple of people say, well, how on earth will I know what I'm talking about? If I just use one word, but we're going to use it in context and <laughs> in context, they will know what we mean. So let's say a kiddo comes home from school and they have to do all these tasks, like empty their lunch and put things in the dishwasher and give you any homework folders or whatever it may be. You could call that, let's say backpack duties. And so kind of explain that to them, you know, every day when you come home from school, backpack duties mean this, this, and this. Okay. So the next day when they come home, instead of telling them, okay, you need to put your lunch kit here and put your you know thing in the dishwasher and then give me your school forms. That's so many words. That's so many steps. So instead you could just say backpack duties and they know one, two, three, or let's say the child uh, has toys all over the floor and you want them to clean them up. You can go through and give them a whole phrase. Like you need to clean up your toys or you need to put your toys back in the bin or it's time to clean up the toys. They don't need all those words. They don't need all that language. Just use your hand to gesture toward the toys and just say toys. They'll know what you mean. They'll know that you want them to be cleaned up because they can tell by your body language. They can tell by, you know, the, the transition to the next activity. They don't need all this additional language. Um, if kids leave plates on the table and you want them to go in the dishwasher, you, you could say, um, plate or dishwasher or, um, you know, whatever the word is or two or maximum three words that represent that again, in context, in the moment, they'll know what you're talking about. And if they don't, then you can follow up with another strategy. But if we use less language, there's less for them to process and we also save our own energy because we won't be speaking so many words. So there's a lot of benefits to trimming down our language and it just gets a lot better compliance. It's, just, it's, it's not forceful necessarily because you don't need to have the nasty tone behind a single word, but it's just neutral. I mean, if a kid leaves a towel on the floor, hey, towel, um, if they leave the toothpaste cap off, you could say, hey, toothpaste. Um, if they need to go get in bed, so if you need to go to bed, it's time for bed. Hey, bed. Um, it's just a much more effective way of communicating. And this even works with adults. I've used this with my partner of like, um, you know, last person out of the bed makes the bed. And I will say like mm, bed <laughs> or hot to be mindful because even with that, there was a little bit of tone in there. Um, but I might say, um, cause you have to be careful. You don't want to patronize an adult. <laughs> we don't want to pay. We don't want to patronize kids either, but, um, you can stay neutral, say these things. Um, like if they're clothes on the floor and they should be in the hamper, you can say like, Hey, clothes or Hey, hamper. And, and you can do so without making someone, um, feel like a child, but your tone really matters. Your tone matters whether you're talking to kids or whether you're talking to adults. Cause you say the one word it has a certain tone behind it. Everyone's going to read through it. So be mindful of your tone with this one. Cause it's really easy as I just shared my mistake <laughs> to put a kind of smart tone behind it, but I'm going to encourage you to think about and really trim down your words, use less words. And it might really help to think ahead about this. Like if you have this, if you're saying the same things every day around bedtime, dinner time, classroom time, learning time, whatever. Think about the phrase that you maybe use every day. How can you trim that down to one word and kind of pre-plan for this so that you use it more effectively?
it does help to kind of plan ahead when you are doing this. Um, and some practice with it also helps because the more you practice it, the better you'll become at it and you'll naturally trim down your words. But just don't forget, words are stimulating, language is stimulating. The less we use, the more mental capacity we save. <laughs> All right, let's go to our listener question, which is how can I coach, how can I mentor my staff or other people on these subject areas? Essentially, how can I share this effectively with other people? So my number one thing is my, I changed the whole structure of our organization. I used to do a lot of professional development, a lot of conferences, a lot of workshops, and I stopped doing that. And here's why. There's no accountability behind that. A one-off session for me to come in, speak for two, three hours, half day, whatever it is, that's not going to change the whole culture of an organization or a group or you teach people everything they need to know about the brain and human biology and behavior. So what I've started to do is, is create coaching behind the PD, behind the training, behind the workshops with accountability. Because if I'm checking in with people every week or once a month or whenever it is, beyond the training, then there's accountability. Then people are going to put things into action and they can get feedback when it doesn't go well. So the first thing I'm going to say is think about how you can hold someone accountable to doing these things. How can you keep the conversation going? How can you check in? Maybe that's a text group. Maybe that's an email thread, whatever it may be. And then think about, you know, there's a lot of information. I, I share a lot of information on a lot of different things. How can you take what I share and break it down into micro bits, micro steps, micro actions, share the science, share the reasoning behind these strategies, share the strategy and share a very simple and easy way to do it. We need to be motivated. So we need to know the why behind these things. We need to know what is the thing and how do we use it? And if you can break it down into micro bits for them, they're much more likely to implement it because it doesn't seem like such a daunting, large, big task. So break it down. To wrap up our show, we're going to go over our try it at home tip, which is around space design. So whether it's a home, a classroom, a school, whatever, colors matter. I am sitting in a room right now that is a really pale yellow. This room makes me feel super calm because this yellow is so soft and it's bright and it makes me feel like I have good energy. If this room were painted like a, like a dark gray or a dark blue, I would probably feel a little dreary. I'd probably feel a little down in energy. So this is a really great room for me to work in because it's so vibrant and it's not like a bright in your face yellow. It's a soft pastel yellow. So I'm telling you this because blues and greens and grays, softer versions of blues, blues and greens and grays, and even, even the more darker, harsher versions of them, they bring the energy of a space down. So try to integrate those into your, your spaces more. If you have the option to paint, paint, if not bringing a tapestries, bringing wall hangings, bringing posters, bringing bulletin boards that have those colors on them, because it will bring a high energy space down if that's what you want and what you need. So you have a classroom of 20, it's naturally going to be a little bit more high energy because there are 20 different individuals moving and talking, creating and learning in those, those spaces. So including more blues and greens and grays can help. Um, so I would just be mindful too, though, of, of, of the shades of the blues and greens and grays. Cause again, if you do use a super dark shade, then the room's going to feel a, a bit 
dreary and a bit down. Also, here's an example. I had someone with a classroom. They it was a, a primary classroom, and it was painted like a really bright and vibrant blue, like a really, really, really intense blue. So yes, it's blue, and blue is associated with being more calm. But this room did not feel calm. Um, and you add in all the toys and all the other things, and it's just like stimulation everywhere. So what she did was she painted the room this like lighter green, and she sent me a before and after photo with nothing in the room, just the color alone. Huge difference. I'm just looking at these two photos of the room, and I feel like softer, and I feel more neutral just by looking at the green room. I'm not even in it. I'm not even in the room, but I feel it. I feel the energy of the space. These things matter because our brain is constantly taking in stimulation, constantly taking in sensory information. So manipulating the colors of a space can really, really um, impact how we respond. I mean, think about if a space where it had a lot of like deep, dark, bright reds, dark or light reds, like a lot of red, how um, activating that would be. You'd be quicker to anger, quicker to frustration without even really realizing it just because of the intensity of that color. So colors matter. And that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us Podcast. Remember our try to home tip, which is use more blues and greens and grays in softer hues to keep the energy of the space at bay. And if you would like me to answer a question of yours on a future episode, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com or send a text 717-693-7744. And don't forget to lock in what you learned by either commenting below and let me know what you took away from the episode or let me know what you're going to do, what you're going to apply. What's that micro step you're taking to actually implementing this? And until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thank you for joining me. 